Welcome back to the Injury Prone Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Devin Borders, Dr. Physical Therapy, Medical Analyst, FantasyPoints.com. It is with great sadness I report that today you were supposed to have a best ball mania draft alongside Dwayne McFarland, who drafted from the eight, and I drafted from the three spot. That is unfortunately not going to happen because the file was corrupted. Blame it on me. Uh, we'll watch the film. We'll get better. We're going to keep focusing on uh, individual drills and, you know, get back out there, get coached up, and try to be better for next time. We apologize for wasting an hour of Dwayne's time. He gave such cogent, fantastic, great analysis, and now uh, it's gone into the cloud of forever deleted. I'm sorry, Dwayne. I'm apologizing now. I've apologized already. I'm really sorry that happened. Uh, That's really frustrating, I'm sure, for you. Super frustrating for me because I thought that was a really, really good episode. What I'll do instead of belaboring the point is plug everything that I possibly can for Dwayne. He's at Dwayne McFarland. That's McFarland, M-C-F-A-R-L-A-N-D, at Dwayne McFarland on Twitter. Uh, everything you can find from Dwayne is at PFF. He, of course, has the amazing utilization report. He's still got the FF Hustle podcast. I mean, he is one of the coolest dudes to talk to because he has such a good time when he's drafting and he gives such uh, incredible insights. He's got everything ready. So once again, Dwayne, I am sorry. So at the expense of not completely wasting Dwayne's time, I am going to go through his pick by pick analysis here at the best ball mania. Again, it is a best ball draft. It is not redraft. This was Dwayne's first one doing, he said in about two to three weeks, cause he is in redraft mode at this point, but I still think he had a pretty solid draft. I'll break down his, and then I'll break down mine with Dwayne's analysis from what I can remember off of the top of my head. Uh, First of all, of course, Dwayne picked from the eight hole. And at the eight hole, he went Stephon Diggs and DeAndre Swift. Pretty solid start. He went running back, wide receiver. He then, of course, flipped around. He went Cortland Sutton, Terry McLaurin, two wide receivers back-to-back. I told him to convince me on Cortland Sutton again. I'm not going to try to repeat exactly what he said because I'll butcher it. But he is bought in on Cortland Sutton. Um, His next picks were Cordero Patterson, I believe, and Miles Sanders, if I'm not mistaken. So at this point, he's got DeAndre Swift, Stephon Diggs, Miles Sanders, Cordero Patterson. So that is four at the five-six turn. I, don't ex- I think he went Michael Thomas. That's who it was. So it's Michael Thomas and then Trey Lance. We, of course, don't care about the floor of Trey Lance because in best ball, we care about the ceiling. And he is all in. Trey Lance in the sixth round. Uh, the rest of the draft, uh, in no particular order, he went Rondale Moore, Isaiah McKenzie, Wandale Robinson, Paris Campbell, Curtis Samuel, George Kittle, Mo Ali Cox. Wrapped up with Zamir White, Jamal Williams, Carson Wentz. So those are the picks that Dwayne's really looking at. The ones that were the most intriguing to me was Mo Ali Cox as his last pick. He also was able to grab Kittle uh, in uh, at pick 65. I think that was a bit of a drop he wasn't necessarily anticipating. He says that his one mistake that he thinks that is the biggest mistake he made was getting Jamal Williams and DeAndre Swift. He says that that might be suboptimal from a running back perspective just because they're obviously from the same team. He still thinks Cordero Patterson has the juice. He thinks... You know, Carson Wentz has a little bit of juice left, and he also grabbed uh, Curtis Samuel. I loved his Paris Campbell pick simply because Paris Campbell, I think, has had some really bad injury luck. And, of course, Michael Thomas, if he's 80% of what Michael Thomas was in 2019, Michael Thomas is a top 15, top 20 wide receiver going in. At this point, he went pick 58. So 
that was Dwayne's quick and dirty breakdown of this best ball mania. He didn't love his team. He said he liked my team better. I, I don't necessarily agree. I was sort of drafting by the seat of my pants trying to keep up with this professional. I ended with Kyler Murray, Davis Mills, Aaron Jones, Javante Williams, Alexander Madison, Rashad White, Kenneth Gainwell, Eno Benjamin, Justin Jefferson, Marquise Brown, Brandon Cooks, DeAndre Hopkins, Chris Olave, Sky Moore, Alec Pierce, Will Fuller, David Njoku, Gerald Everett. I went two rookie heavy in, at the wide receiver position and then an unsigned guy. I'm going to need three guys, my three wide receivers, Jefferson, Marquise, Brandon Cooks to stay healthy and carry me until Hopkins can come back in week six and week seven, I'm sorry. And by then, hopefully Chris Olave, Sky Moore at least have turned it on to some degree. I do have some upside at uh, running back with Eno Benjamin, Rashad White, Alexander Madison, and then my two starters, Aaron Jones, or I guess we shouldn't say starters. We should say my presumed highest scores every week will be Aaron Jones, Javante Williams. And of course I needed to grab, I needed to snag Kyler and try to get that, that little, uh, the little, that little stack with, with Marquise Brown and Hopkins. That's what we ended on. Once again, I'm sorry for ruining the hour long epic podcast we had with Dwayne McFarland. That is my fault. I apologize, Dwayne. I'm sorry again. We apologize to Dwayne. We apologize to Dwayne's family. We apologize to all Dwayne's out there and every McFarland in the land. We apologize to you. Thank you again, Dwayne, for coming on the podcast. Um, salute to you. Make sure you check out his stuff at Dwayne McFarland uh, on Twitter, pff.com. Check out all his work, utilization report, all that FF Hustle podcast, everything you could possibly need from Dwayne McFarland. Now let's get to some injury updates. So if you've been on Twitter, if you've been on my Injury Insights tab, go to Injury Insights uh, at FantasyPoints.com. That's going to be your number one hub for injury-related news, updates, everything you could possibly imagine over the last week or so since we last spoke. Brian Robinson, he was placed on the NFI, the non-football injury report per Ian Rappaport. Brian Robinson will not be available until week five. That is the soonest he could possibly come back if he's recovered by then. Miles Sanders is dealing with a hamstring, according to Zach Berman. Uh, this is something that Miles Sanders dealt with in 2020 as well. He missed week one because of it, so I wouldn't necessarily rule that out as a possibility. I'd say Miles Sanders is at high risk to miss week one. Go grab Kenneth Gainwell. Chris Godwin, of course, per Greg Allman of The Athletic, is uh, you know as early as August 31st, as, as recently as August 31st, Chris Godwin was wearing a non-contact jersey. A logical progression as a physical therapist, this is me projecting, this is not a report, as a physical therapist, the logical projection for any player playing a contact sport is to allow them to take contact and prepare for contact in, in a controlled environment, a semi-controlled environment like practice. Godwin has not done that. I would be shocked if Godwin saw contact for the first time in an NFL game without doing it first in practice. I'd be shocked. Now, of course, he still has some time to shed the non-contact jersey, but he's still in the non-contact jersey. Remember, we drafted Chris Godwin for the back 12, 11, 12 weeks of the season. We're not necessarily expecting Godwin to be active for week one because he might not be. That's the bottom line. I've been saying that since June. Uh, remember that the uh, reason we drafted Chris Godwin was because of his draft capital, his overall profile, his athleticism, and the fact that he was obviously the clear-cut number one in that Tampa Bay offense. So if you get Chris Godwin in your wide receiver three spot, he is going to be a wide receiver one in your wide receiver three or flex spot. That is obviously what we want down the stretch in November and December. Don't sleep on Chris Godwin. You can nap on Michael Gallup. Jerry's been talking crazy. We know Jerry Jones says crazy things. Michael Gallup's only seven months removed from surgery. Ladies and gentlemen, the reason we use the nine-month mark is because all the research shows that the safest time to come back from an ACL injury is nine months or later. Other than that, the retail rates increase by about 
0.7x. The retail rate is much higher if you come back before that nine-month mark, which is why Michael Gallup, even though Jerry says he could be back for the Super Bowl, it would be a reckless decision even for the Super Bowl. So I'm not entirely sure where Gallup is. Of course, he didn't start on the pup list, but he still could be placed on the IR. Uh, the bottom line here with Michael Gallup is there's no precedent for a receiver coming back at seven months. Uh, there's there's very shaky and flimsy precedent for a pass catcher. Of course, I mentioned Rob Gronkowski uh, to come back at eight months, which is where Gallup won't be until the beginning of October. In a best case scenario world, and we're talking absolute best case, Michael Gallup can come back at eight months. The only person, the only pass catcher in the modern era to come back at eight months that we know of is Rob Gronkowski. He played 50% of snaps, averaged 11 PPR points per game. He didn't play more than 50% of snaps until the fifth week of his return at the nine-month mark. There's no telling what teams will do, but the guidelines that I'm currently stating are in the research. They're in the literature. Every team, every medical staff, every surgeon, every physical therapist, strength and conditioning coach knows these timelines and parameters. They know they exist. They know that they're objective markers we're looking for. That doesn't mean that they'll necessarily follow them or that every player needs to fall under those guidelines. But that is a general guideline we use for players, even in professional sports. Next up, you have Zach Ertz dealing with a calf issue, according to Tyler Drake. And he's been dealing with it since August 4th. By the time week one rolls around, he's going to be, Zach Ertz is about five weeks removed from the original calf injury. We know he's a little older. We know he's dealt with soft tissue injuries in the past. So this is not something that we're super psyched to see. It could recur. He's highly volatile, even if he's active in week one, but there's a chance we don't see him. Jalen Waddle, of course, is a guy who, according to Adam Beasley, uh, has not practiced for three weeks, which is a little surprising. Uh, it's interesting that they're putting him on, giving him better in treatment, even though he's just a second year player. Uh, I am probably somewhere in the middle between the new reports that he's going to be totally fine and Mike McDaniel's not concerned about him whatsoever and it being the end of the world. I'm somewhere in between those two points. I think this was probably something, not nothing. Uh, he will probably be active for week one, but he is a little more volatile, moderately volatile due to this recurrence that we're not sure about. Ken Walker, of course, dealing with the inguinal hernia. Uh, Pete Carroll's usually pretty rosy, and so when you hear Pete Carroll not being even a little optimistic, you do start to become a little concerned with what's going on. So Ken Walker, uh, I originally stated would be two to six weeks from the surgery. This has extended now into roughly the three or four week mark. So we might not see Ken Walker until week two, three, or four around the area between week two and four is what I would anticipate. Najee Harris, of course, dealing with the foot issue. This is the last one that I'll mention here. This is more than not an issue because Najee Harris has had a history of foot injuries. Najee Harris dealt with a foot injury dating back to 2018. We know that because of Dr. Ethan Turner's work uh, that digs up every injury one of these guys may have had back to preschool. It's actually pretty ridiculous how far Dr. Ethan Turner at E. Turner, I think, on Twitter. I don't know his Twitter handle. Listen, I told him, I've told him a million times he needs to change his damn Twitter handle because I can't remember it. But anyway, Ethan Turner has showed that even at, back to 2018, uh, Najee has had a foot issue. We know that he's dealt with foot issues in the past, uh, you know, in addition to that 2018 injury that he was having, and now he's having a foot issue again. It was very strange that uh, Najee was told, or we were told that Najee had his foot stepped on, and he went out of his way to say that that actually didn't happen. Not entirely sure what's going on there, but the bottom line, this is a third recurrence for Najee Harris and a foot injury, even though the research shows we have a handful of studies that show an unstable Liz Frank injury, 
can be treated conservatively. Uh, the median outcome here is probably that he'll deal with it for most of the year. He'll be on the injury report once or twice. Maybe he misses a game or two. Not entirely sure, but we do need to highlight that the floor for a player who sees 300-plus touches is that he goes down and needs at least a month, if not two months, to let that heal. And that is the floor. I won't even paint the worst outcome, potentially, uh, I just mentioned that might be two to you know one to two months, which would be the Joe Mixon timeline. In a worst case scenario world, this is sort of a surgical procedure uh, that worsens throughout time. Again, that is not the most likely outcome. Don't misquote me. The median outcome here is that he probably deals with it, misses maybe a game, maybe his efficiency drops a little bit. Moral of the story: I'm not taking Najee in any drafts that you still may have left. I'm going to let other people take him and take on that volatility for a guy who's going to need a lot of work to put up back end. RB1 numbers, mid RB1 numbers, not even. We'll see. That's where I'm at. Got to say, put the wheels. Make sure you leave a comment and review. Sign up for my newsletter over at my Twitter page, at Doc pinned to the top of my Twitter page. Once again, I'm sorry to Dwayne McFarlane and all the Dwaynes in the world for corrupting the file. Have a good night.